I want to read um, another uh, version of the uh, resurrection story that is found in the 16th chapter of Mark's Gospel. Um, you can find it on the screens if you don't have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone. And this is what the scripture says. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him, that being Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God, friends, for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And will you pray with me? God, will you take these words and make them yours? God, would you breathe upon these words and bring them to life? God, might you touch our ears and the ears of our hearts that these words would not fall to the ground, but that they would take root in our hearts, that they might be lived out beautifully in our lives. Oh God, we have come into this place to offer the highest praise. But now, oh God, we have settled ourselves so that we might hear you speak gently or mightily or powerfully to us. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. We ask this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. So if this were a television show or the first couple of scenes of a movie, it would not be as celebratory as our time together in worship. This passage of scripture would probably be a headliner on Lifetime or the Hallmark Station or something that there's supposed to be a lot of like violins playing in the background. You have these women, Marys, the Marys, I'm going to call them, these two Marys who have been disciples. They've been followers of Jesus. They have been intimate with Jesus' life. They have seen Jesus eat. They have seen Jesus heal. They have even experienced the goodness of Jesus in their own lives. But in these first couple of uh, verses in this passage in Mark chapter 16, these women are not coming to the tomb with a spirit of anticipation, but instead they're coming to the tomb with a great spirit of defeat and sadness. They've brought spices and ointment, which represent that which you would use to prepare a body for burial. So they are not running to the tomb believing that Jesus, their friend, is going to be raised. Instead, they're coming to the tomb because they're going to prepare a dead body, they believe. And you know what makes this scene even sadder? Is that not only are they coming, uh, they think, to prepare a dead body, they're already complaining about the obstacle to get to the dead body. 
There is this large stone in the front of the tomb. Who is going to roll it away from us? This one that we love and that we care for, we're wanting to take care of his body even in his death. How are we going to get to him? So they are sad and they're feeling defeated. But then there's a shift in the story pretty quickly. When they get to the tomb, it says that the tomb uh, entrance is open. And so they walk in, and when they walk into the tomb, which, by the way, friends, let me just say something. You've got to be really courageous and bold to walk all up into a tomb, okay? I used to have a best friend in Somerville who um, his father was an undertaker, and ooh-wee, it did not feel good to be uh, in Albert Glover Funeral Home when there was a dead body in there, you know? But these women walk into the tomb, and when they walk into the tomb, it says that there is a, a young man who is sitting in the corner of the tomb, dazzling white. We're going to just say that this young man was a messenger of God or an angel of God. And this angel of God speaks a good word to the Marys, telling them, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, the one who was crucified. Doesn't, doesn't ask a question, but tells them, I know who you're looking for. And let me just tell you, he is not here, he has been raised. What your friend said to you about how it is that on the third day he was going to be raised from the dead, you can know that that was not just something he was saying while you were walking on your way to Galilee, but in, indeed your friend has been raised. He is not here. And then the messenger tells the Marys, go tell his disciples and Peter to go on ahead to Galilee because Jesus will meet them there. So the Marys come thinking that they are going to encounter death and they walk away on their lips being able to proclaim good news that their friend is not dead. Now this is what's so beautiful about the message of the angel. Is that the message of the angel is for the Marys to go to the people who were in Jesus' closest circle. The angels don't say, Marys, I want you to go to the government officials. Uh, Marys, I want you to go to the high priest. Marys, I want you to go to the religious uh, leaders who tried to kill Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not what the messenger tells uh, the Marys. Instead, the messengers tell the, the Marys, I want you to go to Jesus' nearest friends, and I want you to tell them that Jesus has been raised. Now, this makes so much sense to me, that the Marys message wasn't supposed to be a global one, but a personal one. Now, um, some of you, there is someone in our congregation who, um, how can I say this, loves watching videos of people who have been deployed when they come back home. You know those videos. Have you ever noticed this, that when a person is deployed and they come back home, they don't ever go to their old job? No. They don't go to the people who stress them out, but they go to their child's cafeteria, or they show up at their, at their wife's work, or their wife shows up at her husband's work, or, or, their, or their partner's work. There is something about you go to the person who would most want to know that you are okay. When you've been imprisoned, when you've been far off from your family, when you've been disconnected from your community, you don't go to the bank to share the good news that this person is back and is going to reactivate their CD. No, 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 no. You go to the person and to the people that you care about the most. And so these Marys who come to the tomb so sorrowful and so sad get to leave the tomb to go to Jesus' inner circle and to say to them, your friend who you saw crucified has been raised from 
the dead. Now, I have read this passage of scripture multiple times because um, I have just read this passage of scripture multiple times. And you probably have heard this passage of scripture multiple times. Why? Because if you've shown up on an Easter service at any other time of your life, you have probably heard Mark chapter 16 read. But there is something very unique about this particular passage of scripture that I had missed for many of the years that I had read this passage. When the messenger goes to the Marys to tell the Marys to go to the disciples, the messenger gets uber specific and says this, go tell the disciples and Peter. If you grew up in a home with a parent who was not afraid to call you out by your name, you understand how difficult it is to be the person who's the Ann Peter. It's like say, go get your siblings and Margaret. Go tell them to come downstairs and John. It's as though um, if I were standing up in front of you and I was offering up a prayer of confession and I was like, Lord, will you forgive all of us and especially fill in the blank. Go tell the disciples and Peter. This might be good news to someone. Anyone who has ever had an and Peter moment when you have felt like you were the one who was like the tack on because of something that you did that made you no longer feel like you were a part of the inner circle. Because the last time that we find Peter in um, this book, Peter has proclaimed that he is going to go with Jesus to the very end. Peter has told Jesus, Jesus, where you go, I will go. Your life will be my life. Your death will be my life. But as soon as Peter is in a difficult situation and his friend is literally pressed up against the circumstances of this world, Peter denies Jesus not one time. Peter denies Jesus not two times. Peter denies Jesus three times, betrays him, moves in the opposite direction, even though Jesus has said to Peter, Peter, upon my church, I will build. Upon you, I will build the church. Peter has pledged loyalty to Jesus. Roll gold and bold in public. And then in private has rejected his friend. So on the third day, I imagine that Peter is hiding out. And on the third day, I imagine that Peter is trying to keep a low profile. And on the third day, I imagine that Peter is playing repeat what if I had only had enough courage to have said that, yes, Jesus was the one that I followed? And on the third day, Peter was probably thinking, even if he is raised from the dead, how could he ever love someone like me? And on the third day, he's probably thinking, he stooped down and he washed my feet and he said that no longer will you call me a master, but you can call me now a friend. But I did not. I did not prove myself to be a good friend. Sometimes... We're like the Marys. You come in on an Easter Sunday 
and you might have felt a little sorrowful, but by the time you leave, oh, you are feeling like you've got good news on your lips. Sometimes you walk in on an Easter Sunday and you feel like one of the disciples, like you're a part of the inner circle, like you know all the songs, you know all the prayers, you know when to raise your hand. You believe that when Jesus came, Jesus came specifically for you because you're doing all the things that you are supposed to do. But then there are times when we walk into this place on an Easter Sunday and you feel like an Ann Peter that my circumstances, that my life, that the ways in which I've treated Jesus just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, I'm going to be the one who's the tag along. But the messenger didn't end Peter to condemn Peter. And the messenger didn't and Peter so as to call him out. And the messenger didn't and Peter so as to condemn him. But the and Peter was for Mary and Mary Magdalene to take Peter to the side and say, Peter, Peter, when the story of the resurrection was spoken to us that Jesus is no longer here, this messenger wanted you to have a personal, a personal reminder Peter, Peter, no, 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 pick up, pick up your head, Peter. It says, and, and you, Peter. No, 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 Peter, don't sulk. Peter, stop so Peter, stop self-flogging yourself. No, 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 no. Wanted you to know in particular. In particular, that the resurrection was for you. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and Lisa. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and Margaret. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Rush. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Paul. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Brandy. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Emery. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Harbor. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Marion. When Christ died, Christ died for the world and for Kurt and for Heidi and for Mr. Uh, Morris. When Christ died, the power of the resurrection wasn't just an ambiguous power. The power of the resurrection wasn't for just a select few. The power for the, of the resurrection wasn't just for those who ran toward Jesus in Jesus' darkest hour. The power of the resurrection was for the one who betrayed him, not one time, not two times, but three times. The power of the resurrection is for the one who's going to betray him on Monday, and the one who's going to betray him on Thursday, and the one who's going to betray him next Thursday and next Sunday. The power of the resurrection is for the world and for you. So if you came into this place not thinking you were holy enough, if you came into this place not feeling you were free enough, if you came into this place not feeling you were restored enough, if you came into this place not feeling you were redeemed enough, 
If you came into this place not believing you were good enough, if you came into this place not believing you're going to measure up to the person who knows all the words beside you or behind you, if you came into this place, just know that the messenger is saying to you, and you. Christ died for the world and you. Will you pray with me? God, you are powerfully inclusive. Your and is the gift of salvation. When it could have been a but or a yet, you included us. And for that, we are so grateful. Lord, I pray for anyone in the sound of my voice who has come to the tomb feeling defeated or feeling like the power of the resurrection cannot be for them because if we only knew that you would begin to speak sweet nothings, that you would take us to the side and say, no, 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 this message is also for you. Resurrection is not some far off gift. It's not for those who earn it or even des deserve it. It was a gift that you offered to the whole world. And God, might we believe that it is a gift that you've offered to us. Might we live in your resurrection power, knowing that you can take those who've betrayed you and transform us into loyal friends. God, we thank you for this gift and offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving. And and would you call out our name, O oh God, that we might trust and believe. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.